Leading retailers are increasingly taking in more real-time data about the context of consumer shopping experiences. And that context you know, requires that you start looking closer to that segment of one so that you can actually understand those patterns. Even if you can take those segments of one and aggregate them into a better understanding of those patterns so that if somebody does X, then I know to do Y. Welcome to the Esri and the Science of Wear podcast. I'm Marcella Cavallero from Esri, and I'll be your host for today. You just heard Leslie Hand, Vice President of Retail Insights at IDC, emphasize the importance of context in the creation of dynamic consumer experiences. Today's leading executives in retail are combining AI, real-time data, and location intelligence to understand and strategically connect with customers. Here at Loker, discover how retailers gain competitive advantage using spatial analytics. So thank you so much for spending some time with us today. We can start with a a quick word association here. So people are using a lot of adjectives to describe the state of retail right now. What single word would you use to describe the state of retail? I would use the term innovating, knowing that you could not say any single word and have everybody agree that that's correct (laughs) because somebody would always say no 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 you know it's uh we're just creating a new normal or something like that but really it is innovating because we're innovating a business model we're innovating business processes um, and we're innovating the infrastructure and the applications by which we serve the customer better do you feel that this is a dramatic change from retail in the past or Is it just more of the same along that journey? Yeah, you know, what I think is different is positioning the organization so that innovation on a continual basis is possible with relative ease. So in the past, yes, maybe I had to change um, and I had to adapt to new consumer needs or I had to introduce new technical capabilities in order to do something better, introduce a a new interaction point or something like that. Um, But... It was usually an add-on. Uh, so, so I think the environment is very different in that we're looking for these platforms by which we can continually serve up new capabilities, test new capabilities. You know, I, I think the industry as a whole feels a sense of urgency around change, right? So, you know, accepting may not be the right word because you might be uh, tugging and pulling at, at some organizations to get them to change still. However, the leaders will be those that are embracing new ways to go to market that serve consumers better. So before you joined IDC, you had your own career in retail, working in operations as, as well as technology. And you just spoke about this notion of change. If you were to name the most significant change that you've seen since you were in the trenches, per se, in, in retail, what would it be? You know, I think as, as particularly as an ex-technologist, right, the biggest change is, you know, we used to be internally focused and very much centered around product and uh, kind of how we push product to market, how we place product in stores. And, you know, you put it there, the consumer will come and you'll sell stuff, right? Whereas these days, the model's turned on its head and we're very customer-centric. Now it's very consumer-centric. So, um, you know... How do I listen to what it is the consumer is telling me they want me to be in order to serve them better? How do I deliver the right goods, the right capabilities, uh, the right interactions uh, in order to make them more successful? So when you talk about retailers 
becoming more customer centric. What does that mean? Yeah, essentially, it means starting with an awareness of what it is that my consumer actually wants to accomplish in doing business with me, right? And understanding how to sort products, how to personalize uh, my engagement strategies with them in order to create an experience that's in the stream of life of their everyday existence, right? So how do I become a part of supporting their needs? Do you think that they are focusing this strategy and this evolution on a desire to better serve the customer or is it a fear of the Amazons of the world coming and and usurping their place in their customers' hearts and minds? I think retailers do far too often talk about kind of the fear of Amazon stealing their business, but I think they need to move to kind of a position of what is it that my customer really needs me to do, right? How can I disrupt my own business? How can I remodel myself to be in a position to serve the consumer better? If you need strong motivation, knowing that Amazon's growth is much faster than your own, maybe good enough reason to look at what they're doing and say, how do I do something similar? So f- following that path a, a little bit, uh, the U.S. has more retail space per capita than anywhere else in the world. So they're, they're looking for smarter growth at the, as opposed to just growth for growth's sake. What is it about that retrenchment or that rethinking about their own footprint and their relationship with their customer? Is that part of a cycle? Is that the new normal? Yeah, you know, there always has been a cycle, right? Particularly in trend-based retail where some retailers go away and new retailers come about. There have been cycles with lots of deep discounters and then they trimmed back and and now we're back to a cycle of a different kind of discounter. <laughs> but there is a new normal also. And the new normal is this kind of customer-centric, experience-driven business that is more agile, that's more adept at continuing to identify ways to create a better experience for the customer. Uh, you know, some retailers are basically experience centers. You know, I think of companies like Nordstrom, where the experience matters and and they are completely focused on creating good customer experiences. Then there are retailers like the discounters who perhaps believe that the experience is less important, but we're not talking about experience for experience sake. We're talking about what is it my consumer expects from me. So if what they expect from me is a specific assortment with really good price points, then that's the experience I have to perfect. And how I deliver that to them and make them aware that I can deliver that better than anybody else is what's most important. So last year, IDC put out a report that said in the current environment, retailers need to rethink business models and reallocate assets. What are some examples that you've seen of retail business models that have been successfully rethought? I think the most obvious is kind of this convergence between um, e-commerce and physical commerce. The examples of, you know, Amazon acquiring Whole Foods and becoming a physical retailer. But then there's also Nordstrom opening their local stores, which is completely service-based, not inventory-based retail, small size store, all about personal shopping experiences. Then there's uh, other retailers like Target, who, you know, acquired a shipping company. So going into the local distribution of goods to really capture that market to serve the consumer better. They can come to the store or they can be delivered. 
There's another one, uh, Macy's, is, I think is a very interesting case because years ago, they were one of the first retailers who kind of adopted and started working towards becoming omnichannel. However, large department store chain that had grown through acquisition, lots of complexity in their technology environment. And becoming omnichannel was easy to say, not so easy to do. <laughs> and they did some very interesting things like announcing that they were going to close 100 stores, take capital out of those very heavy capital investments and put that into technology, really up the ante on how much they could do from a business process change and technology perspective. And while results weren't immediate, we're starting to see after many quarters of kind of disappointing uh, numbers, uh, we're starting to see an upswing. So retailers need time to realize the benefits of some of these things they're doing, whether it's an investment in a shipping company or a remodeling of their infrastructure and technologies to deliver those customer experiences we're talking about. So, so good examples of the business models being rethought. What about reallocating resources? So you mentioned Macy's. Do any others come to mind about how are they reallocating the investments that they make? Yeah, I think step one is rethinking your business model and determining how much physical presence you need versus how you can address consumer needs digitally and how you bring that together in physical spaces and in digital spaces. That's actually a fairly common like step one is figure out how to rebalance and take capital from those physical investments and apply it to the digital investments. Lululemon and The Gap being on the forefront of this digital transformation. Can you talk a little bit about each one of those and what they're doing specifically? Sure. So, you know, uh, Lululemon to me is a very interesting company. They are in the fortunate position of kind of owning their supply chain. So they can define what products they're going to sell and how much they're going to sort in, in each store. And one of the things they've done to better address consumer needs is to start using RFID to actually track all of their products in the store so that when a consumer goes online to look at inventory, they can actually give accurate inventory, kind of like a 98 to 99% service level expectation so that the consumer can buy that and order that. And when they get to the store to pick it up, if that's what they want to do, um, it'll be there. And you'd be surprised how many other retailers just haven't figured out how to do that. And on top of that, of course, they create an experience inside their environment that's tailored to their customer and that their customer enjoys. And The Gap is, you know, again, another complex company with many different divisions. But they've started investing in cloud-based capabilities in a couple of the divisions um, in ways that most retailers would think would be a little risky and non-traditional. But, you know, they're also doing a lot to infuse their understanding of the customer and their customer journey with new data sets from outside the company and even trying to learn internally across their multiple properties, um, which is a challenge in and of itself. Who in the retail organization needs to be involved in that effort to get closer to the customer, however they define it? Yeah, it's really an all-hands-on-deck situation. You know, executive suite level has to be committed to investing in the business and rethinking the business model. 
So IT and line of business needs to work hand in hand to create these experiences and make sure that the organization is well tooled and we're using information and data uh, to create those experiences. You know, what is it that these organizations are putting up in front of the, the entire group and saying, we need to work towards this together? What, is, what are they calling it? I have started just saying digital physical convergence because that tends to take organizational disagreements related to specific words out of the equation. They're calling it omni-channel. They're calling it unified. One organization's calling it both. By kind of thinking a little higher level, it seems to eliminate that challenge. What insights do you see that leading retailers are using to understand where their customers are and how to serve them from a data perspective? Leading retailers are increasingly taking in more data externally relative to not just the traditional psychographics, demographics, but getting real-time data about kind of the context of consumer shopping experiences. And that context requires that you start looking closer to that segment of one so that you can actually understand those patterns. Even if you can take those segments of one and aggregate them into a better understanding of those patterns so that if somebody does X, then I know to do Y. And that requires information about location, that requires information in real time about what they're doing, but it also requires knowing what they're doing outside of your organization, and that can be really challenging. It's a real-time context to me is a, is a powerful sentiment from a retail perspective and, and would be applicable to many other industries. What creative data sources have you seen that are helping retailers create this real-time context for their customers? Yeah, so retailers are buying aggregated data sets. They're working with services companies that provide some of those insights on a real-time basis and enable them to personalize those interactions. They're internally implementing technology that allows them to capture context better and also to understand the customer journey better and to put to put all those pieces together to, to, to identify those patterns. And of course, one of the most critical aspects of the whole thing is they need to not just collect all of this data, but they need to derive those insights from it. So they're applying a lot of analytics and AI uh, to derive insights from the data and to take smarter actions. You know, so to be able to personalize based on a real-time signal that somebody was just looking at something online and now they've come to my website, you know, requires a lot of responsiveness and tight integration between those data feeds, the analytics, and the insight and how it's applied. One way retailers are getting closer to their customers is through hyper-local marketing. Can you explain what that means, first of all, and then what role location has in hyper-local marketing? Essentially, what we're talking about is understanding the consumer, where they are in their journey, understanding, having a connection to them, generally through location-based information, and the ability to engage them via mobile app or text messaging, what have you, to invite them to come and buy something from you or order something from you. Um, and so, so that's essentially what we're talking about. I mean, kind of what I was talking about with the contextualized, uh, creating those contextualized real-time experiences. This could apply while I'm inside a retailer's store. It could also apply while I'm outside the store. 
and knowing what somebody's context is. Uh, and, and these days, there are new sources of information, like the GPSs in our cars and, you know, all of the data. Essentially, you could be buying data from an auto manufacturer or uh, a service that somebody's providing to them that says, I'm across the street at your major competitor. And what can you do as a retailer to invite them to come back across the street to your store and spend their money there? Where are retailers exploring or, or drawing the line when it comes to privacy concerns and, and yeah. things like that? You know, if, if anything is slowing down the adoption of uh, some of this location-based capabilities, it might be that fear that they can't manage uh, privacy and can't satisfy every customer's needs in this area. But I think the, the retailers that are being successful and that are moving forward have put a big focus on security. They've put a big focus on privacy. And they're requiring that the customer understand their policies and what their capabilities are and that they opt in to getting those sorts of messages and that they can also control them. I've seen some retailers be that specific. You know, only tell me about specials on this category of goods. And that way, the consumer has control of the relationship and the interaction. So you talk about these advanced retailers and how they're using technology and being very sensitive to customers' wants and needs, right? So obviously, store location is critical, inventory control critical. A lot of that is based on the location and demographics of the customer in that area. How are they using it and how they plan their own growth? Generally speaking, retailers understand that they can use analytics to a greater extent than they did in the past. So yes, maybe in the past, you know, I used demographics data to figure out where to put a store. And maybe I also used that data to figure out how to assort the products in the store. But I didn't necessarily do that specifically to that market. I think what's changed is retailers are using more specific, more granular data sets to define those assortments and to figure out uh, how to engage the consumer. But it's really about how much more data is available to improve that engagement strategy. With all that data and all that real-time context that they're striving for, I assume you, this has got to be done by, by machines. With a, a lot of compute power. Particularly, the, the closer you get to real time, I mean, how do you compute the value of any engagement with an individual? At the same time, you're looking at your inventory levels, you're looking at price points, you're looking at planned promotions, um, at available promotions, and trying to bring all of that together uh, to create an opportunity to, to uh, sell something to a consumer. There's a lot of data involved. So we've seen and we've talked about some impressive uses already of some of the next-gen technology in the retail settings. So what, what are those next-gen technologies that you see that are, are really starting to pay dividends? The location apps, the mapping apps, those sorts of things now have been around for a few years and are really starting to mature. More retailers are implementing them, creating those mobile applications for their consumers and for their employees to use. Recently, I think some of the best experiences have been presence-based engagement. You can go into a Whole Foods now, if you shop at Whole Foods, and when you're at checkout, it opens your payment app, you know? So that, it, it's funny because here I am, a tech person, um, I'd like to think that I adopt things fairly quickly. I've had Apple Pay on my phone for a very long time, 
but I rarely use it. Well, you know why? One friction point too many. And <laughs> by eliminating the need for me to open an app, suddenly I'm using Apple Pay. You know, consumers are kind of simple. Just make it easy for me, right? right. And, and, and then other examples are, you know, um, uh, order ahead, pick up at store. You can pull into a Walmart pickup zone and they know you're there. You don't have to do anything. The goods are brought out to your car without checking in, without doing anything. Some of the other capabilities, you know, like what Amazon's doing in the Amazon Go stores with computer vision, this kind of combination of video analytics and location-based information sensors to automate cashierless checkout environment. Augmented reality, virtual reality. A lot of buzz around that. What are the opportunities there to get closer to the customer to improve the experience? Augmented reality is coming into play in several different ways. One, for product search. Can I hold my phone over an item that I see or a picture of an item and find where to buy it or put it in a basket automatically, you know, really automate that process? And how is the retailer going to make sure that they're in that mix? Then we also see AR and VR being used both to help a consumer use a product, learn about a product, uh, but also the employees inside stores, you know, learn about their, their standard operating procedures or uh, teach them about certain products and how to sell certain products. So training materials and that sort of thing. What does your research show is the top concern for retail executives today? It's really uh, transforming the organization to continue to innovate and adapt to what is constantly changing consumer needs. And, and you know, those consumer need, needs are defined by kind of the best experience that the consumer gets. So, you know, if my closest competitor creates an experience or starts delivering more value to a consumer than I do, you know, the consumer has learned uh, to, to shift loyalties <laughs> more quickly than they did in the past. Um, and so we need to change that dynamic to make, make our business more relationship-based, to maintain loyalty, but then also to keep our eye on the ball and adapt. So very interesting conversation. Thank you so much for taking the time to spend with us today. And, and we look forward to speaking with you again next year. <laughs> That's right. I'll be back. Thank you for listening to the Esri and the Science of Wear podcast. And thanks to Leslie Hand for giving real-world examples of leading retailers uncovering actionable insights into consumer behavior with location analytics. To learn more, download our free ebooks, Making Sense of Digital Transformation at esri.com forward slash wear, Making the Most of the Internet of Things at esri.com forward slash IoT, and Putting AI and Location Intelligence to Work at esri.com forward slash AI.